Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Good morning, Joe. Here we are at the tail end of August recording this episode, which will actually not go out till October or November time, which is quite amazing in itself, isn't it? That we, we're recording so far up front, which is fab. And I forgot to look up which episode number we're at, so I'll check that later. So how are you doing, Joe? What have you been up to since we last had a chat? Um... It's great. Uh, for a start, it's great. Our podcast is is getting so much interest, and we've got a queue of people, you know, wanting to be guests and um, give us great information and, and training for the, the the wider VA community. Um, things have been changing quite a bit in my world. Um, I've changed the the structure of my business. Um, it's been coming for quite some time, but um, I've started to really niche my services. I've changed the business name. There's a new website that's about to launch. Um, and I'm starting to work on some quite new, exciting projects with a focus on um, data protection systems and processes. So very, very niche. So that's all quite exciting in my world. Well, that's the main thing, I think. I think it's really important to be excited by what you do. And I've been excited recently because I've been recording my latest course, which is how to create fillable forms, which will automate some processes for someone. So when you're creating a fillable form, you may have a client who maybe they're a um, healthcare provider or maybe they have a string of salons or uh, a string of properties. Maybe it's a property developer or an estate agent or, well, any business really where you need to have data in forms that, that you collect or it could be that you need to respond to an inquiry in one of several different ways. And um, the, the exciting, I get quite excited about both of them, but the idea of being able to re- respond with one document in several different ways um, really is phenomenal. And uh, I'm just in the process of recording that segment. So that's quite exciting. Um, and uh, we're also quite excited because uh, we are at the end of August and we are planning to go to the US next week uh, beginning of September so when this airs I probably would have been and gone and come back from the US Uh, but it's been quite a journey because we have to get visas in our Israeli passports Uh, because of Covid the whole system is on a skeleton staff so we've actually got our visa appointment next Tuesday September the 1st which we realise is also the days the schools go back here which means more traffic on the road which means we're going to have to leave for our 8am appointment by about half past six instead of half past seven. So, so but glad, luckily we re, somebody mentioned it to my husband the other day and, and we thought, oh okay, yeah, we can't afford to miss this appointment. So we better go early. Um, but all things being equal, we'll, we'll be able to pick up the visas the next day with all, you know, with a fair wind. And then we're going to fly the next night. So yeah, it's uh, all exciting stuff here. Fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really looking forward to this course. Fillable forms is one of those things that 
there are so many uses for and I've never got to grip so I'm uh, looking forward to seeing that when that's uh, all up and running yeah with a fair wind I should have it done before we fly that's my aim to do so although because I'm using Microsoft 365 and I have all the same software on all of my machines and I have several um, then you know if I don't manage to finish it I could finish it where we're away the only thing that would be different there is uh, as I'm not sure that the sound quality would be as good because here at my desk I've got a supercomputer uh, with a really good microphone I've got proper lighting you know I'm I'm set up for recording whereas when we're staying in somebody else's apartment who knows what, what? the situation will be yeah so I'm really wanting to get this done by Monday and the truth is the Windows version will definitely be done but the Mac handles it slightly differently so I'm also hoping I'll get the chance to record the Mac sections because this course, I've decided to release one course with both versions inside it. It just makes it a bit easier um, from my perspective, in a way, from a, yeah. a recording point of view. On the other hand, when I've recorded it all, I might decide to split it out into two courses. So we'll wait and see on that. But that's the beauty, isn't it? You can decide, you can move your plan. As you progress. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... Do you think it's time for us to welcome in our guest for today? I think it is. Today we are going to be talking to the very marvellous Rebecca Newenham of Get Ahead VA. And I am really looking forward to chatting with Rebecca. It's going to be fascinating finding out her story, how she got here um, and how Get Ahead VA works. And listeners, if you don't know, Get Ahead VA is a franchise and uh, you can become a franchisee. And I'm sure we'll hear more of that in the interview with Rebecca in just a minute. Welcome to this week's episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And we have today the very wonderful Rebecca Newenham of Get Ahead VA. And I love your orange branding because mine's orange too. <laughs> oh, so nice to be here, ladies. Thank you for having That's me on. Lovely. So um, listeners, if you don't know, Rebecca runs Get Ahead VA, which is a, a franchise for VAs, and she might talk about that a bit more later on in the episode. But for now, we just kind of wanted to get a sense of what made you become a VA? How did you start? What, what's the story? Oh, what's my story? Well, so back in 2010, so we're very excitedly um, celebrating our 10th business birthday next month. So wow, it's planned for that. But I was in a situation where I've got three daughters, husband, and I've been a retail buyer in a previous life and had taken a career break, done a few little bits, you know, been chair of preschool, those um, jolly things, but wanted, knew I wanted something for myself. I didn't really want, you know, I found it very much an opportunity for my second career. So I didn't want to have to go back into retail buying. The nearest retailer would have been Waitrose, which would have been convenient. And I actually saw this very much as an opportunity for me to carve out something else for myself. I did um, a foundation year in counselling when my eldest daughter was born because I thought I might go down that route and actually it wasn't for me. So I think I realised that there was more to life than you know, just being at home with the kids, but also I wanted something to add to the household and something for all of us. Yeah. So I'd researched the term virtual assistant and as I'm sure a lot of you are aware, it's very strong in the States. And I sort of thought, actually, this is my time to really craft something for myself and there was no set route to how you did that and my mum when I was growing up ran a tutorial agency so she was matching tuition for kids and she inspired me even back then to sort of think actually there's more to going into a traditional office 
you know, I don't have to sacrifice being around the children for my own sense of sort of career development. So I did a one-day course along with a friend of mine who was in a similar situation, and we realised that we could make it us, you know, however we wanted it to be, as long as we had the, the PC <laughs> and the printer. So I set up, and I spent a long time thinking about my business name, and it's interesting, I would say to anyone listening that's starting out, don't be afraid to spend time thinking about what you want to be known as, because that's what you're going to hold your hat to, you know, that's going to be you, but equally... I didn't want it necessarily to be too personal because I had a vision even back then that I wanted the business to be more than just me. And I think that's always an interesting point, isn't it? That, you know, how you set up and how you evolve, it will change. But if you've got a vague idea at the beginning of how you want it to be, that's sort of quite helpful. So, yeah, it's really interesting because Joe and I were just talking before about um, one of the things I wanted to find out from you was whether you set up with the end in mind, you know, as I think it's Stephen Covey says, begin with the end of, end in mind, you know, that, that you, it's much yeah. easier to set up if you know that's where you're going, that, Absolutely. you know, to work with other people rather than work by yourself, get overwhelmed and then start after doing it. Yes, and I think for me, I, I'm probably slightly unusual. I don't have a PA background, you know, I was a retail buyer, did a business studies degree. I always knew that this business was going to operate with me doing other things so that I would be empowering other people to find what they needed in that sense of flexibility, which is, but I also knew Shelley that I needed to set it up and actually do it, do the doing myself at the beginning to really understand what our clients were wanting and what I could offer. But I saw it more, you know, we set up as get ahead via your virtual assistant and we've now moved into get ahead via your virtual agency because very quickly I saw that there was more than not, just admin, but there was there were other services that could come under that umbrella. But in answer to your question, I saw it as a bigger thing to me. I saw it as a brand, and I think having a retail buying background, yeah. the bit I absolutely adored was the own label development, so producing cosmetics things like that. And I loved the brand creation, really getting to understand what our our customers were wanting. So I thought, well, I can reflect that in my own sort of business opportunity then. Wow, that's 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 brilliant. That's brilliant, and I think that's that's great advice. Is to is to think about what you want to be and where you want to go. And mm. I'm just in a, an iterative process, changing my website. By the time this episode goes out, it will have changed. Oh, um, but I've gone yeah. through various different iterations. It was started off as being just Tomorrow's VA about Tomorrow's VA. Then I decided because I was more known as Tomorrow's VA, it should be a bit more about me. And now I'm taking it back to being a bit more about tomorrow's VA it's just changing the messaging slightly and some of the mm. images and, mm. and and I think a branding is so important because that's what people see yes um, oh, no absolutely I think people laugh now and say you know anything orange is always sent my way or anything leopard print and that sort of but I am naturally connected with that with those colors and I think it's about showing up and being consistent as well isn't it so it's People need to start recognising you without you even having to open your mouth. So it's those sort of pieces. And I think branding, and it's funny, I looked back on some paperwork the other day and I found my logo in different colour formats. And there was a blue, for example, and I'd always naturally connected with the orange. But I, again, I would say to people, always have an open mind, look at different colours, see what resonates with you and not overly think it. But you want to feel proud of, of, of it, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. As somebody who's kind of evolved 
um, from, you know, like a, a, a random logo. I have no background in branding or marketing at all. So when I first started up, I just went on the internet, scrolled something and thought, oh, that'll do to get me started. But it has been this evolution. And I think as your business grows, you, um, you do grow with it and grow into a brand and, and get to understand, particularly somebody like me. And there will be lots of BAs like me who don't have that kind of marketing or branding kind of skill and knowledge. And, and to say that it is okay to grow into a brand and, you know, take on board what you're saying and, and, and really think about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we all have different motivators, don't we? And certain yeah. things are more important to us than others. Yeah. yeah. I love one of the other things that you said there was that um, you very clearly did everything at the beginning in order to understand what it was your clients wanted and what you wanted other VAs to be able to do. Yeah. And I, I'm a great believer in doing everything yourself, if for no other reason than to be able to give clear instructions to somebody else about what you want done. Because otherwise, you know, go and do this. I mean, how do they know what this is? And mm. Define it. So that's uh, that's that's really great. So so how so you you started off doing it all by yourself. Uh, presumably you've got some clients. So at what point did it morph into something more or start to morph? Into um, yeah, good question. I think within the first six months. So I shouted about the business, and I always say to my franchisees when we're launching them, tell absolutely everyone when you're launching and don't feel afraid to sort of tell your mum's best friend through to, you know, your next door neighbour. And it's amazing. Actually, you have those people that really become your sales force, don't you? I think people love it when you're starting something new. And I always say, you know, go to the opening of a crisp packet because you, you, you never have this opportunity to be launching again. It's a unique time, isn't it? So I was yeah. quite vocal, especially in the playgrounds. And I had one really close friend of mine, Lou, who, connected me with two clients fairly quickly because she immediately got what I was about. And I th I'm forever grateful to her for that. And I think, so I quickly realised that there were elements of the role that I, I didn't enjoy. I'm not very good at spreadsheet, Shelley. There I go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was that thing of actually realising, well, I've got to find an expert. So very quickly started to feel my way. And I think for me, I've always sort of followed my own path I haven't sort of felt I had to fit into a certain structure so I probably yeah. do things in a slightly different way but I do whatever felt right to me and yeah. I think I've noticed sometimes people get possibly sidetracked and feel they should be doing a certain thing when actually it's all about like you said earlier having that longer game and I realized that I wanted to, to grow it and I would do it in my own way and you know, trial and error and finding people but I've never found it hard to find people to help me do the work and that's an interesting thing obviously I've had my fingers burned a few times and you learn don't you about yeah. tests to put in place and all those things but there are clearly people that find networking and promotion themselves hard therefore there's room for them to be the doers in the, the roles that yeah. I've got yeah I, th I think um, I certainly noticed it in the training world when I used to work for a training company before mm. I jumped off to be my own boss that uh, at the point where I was considering it um, I had a chat with another trainer who was already her own boss. She was an associate. And uh, we were talking about the fact that there seemed to be, from the training perspective, and I suppose it's the same, that there were two types. There were those that just wanted to do the work and go home, be given the work to do. And then there were those that that wasn't enough for them. They wanted more than that. And we fell into that camp. You fall into that camp. So, yeah, yeah you just want, you want more than just doing a good job. 
So, although that is... There's no right or wrong, is there either? And I think, like Joe said earlier, it's about understanding where your strengths lie and what you're interested in. And and that's why we're all running our own businesses, right? You know, that's that whole piece, isn't it? So how did it turn from just working with other people in your business to the idea of a franchise? Yeah, I've always wanted... I had visions. I always said, you know, we're UK-wide and we've always had clients around the country, but I quite quickly realised, you know, that classic thing, you know, people buy from people. And Mm. I'm based in Guildford in Surrey, so south of London. Although we were gaining traction around the country, I felt that there had to be an an easier way of doing it. In my head, initially, I thought I could possibly have, you know, regional managers that I would pay to go networking. And we trialled that in Bristol, but quite quickly realised, although um, the lady that was trialling it for me was gaining traction it still wasn't me I didn't quite have that ownership over it and how did I really know that all the leads were coming in you know sort of yeah lack of control I guess so I then worked with a franchise consultant I'd surprise surprise one in the business card draw and we always laugh now because he I think he approached everyone for a long time that put their cards in his in his drawer but we worked quite closely together and um Barclay helped me look at actually options to scale and franchising was one of them and I think probably like a lot of people the word franchise has often been a little I've not been quite sure you sort of have heard horror stories haven't you you know the greedy yeah. franchise or and people pay money and they never see any training or anything so I was quite hesitant but Barclay was very strong at sort of proving to me that actually that the franchise model would fit very nicely with our, the way our business model was set up. Brilliant, brilliant. So how do you find your franchisees or do they approach you? Um, yeah, a bit of both. So I've just, again, with franchising, it's a huge industry. So there are lots of people out there sort of desperate for you to pay the advertising and pop on their different sites and things. But I've um, launched it three years ago. So with trial and error, I'm sort of slowly finding the right ways to market so there's one in particular what franchises work really nicely for us which is a portal when we do some advertising with them and then I'm built naturally building traction on social media and my coach has been very good with me at sort of looking about all the different touch points where people find you and we're quite strong on social media we show up on quite a few different platforms and I've got a separate website as well as my um, core business one that sort of talks about it. But people love case studies, don't they? Yeah. They love seeing it in action. So we're quite vocal that way. And when we can, we love doing good old exhibitions. And I'm just self-publishing a book, which I'm really excited about. So I saw my front cover yesterday, which surprise, surprise is orange. Um, <laughs> and, um, so that's going to be a sort of a, another route to market. So I find, I, find I, I get my energy from discovering new ways to, to promote things. And I think, again, that's what I would say to anyone listening. Be aware of where you find your energy, because where you find your energy is the thing you're clearly very good at. And it's about doing more of that, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's great. A oh, publishing book is great fun. I have one book in print. Um, it's a book on Excel, funnily enough. Oh, exciting! <laughs> it's, 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 it should have been a more exciting book, but the editor chopped a lot of the... the I, I wanted it to be based on a story, not just... Oh, good idea. Yeah. So it's based in a coffee shop called Coffee Island, and I actually use Coffee Island in, in a lot of my training. Mm. And Matt, the owner, wants to make the best coffee shop ever. Um, and he uses Excel to run the back end of his business. So he, but he doesn't know. So he, he hires Lisa, his best friend, as a guru, and she tells him what to do. And and then, then in the original one, there was a love story, but that got chopped. Oh, I love it. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
my editor said they just people just want to know how to do stuff they're not interested in the love story <laughs> um but no that was it but yeah it's, it's hard work publishing a book and i i write publications for an online um publisher called book boon oh, um, okay. and they've uh, they've just asked me to write four more for them oh brilliant so yeah. the first one of those is due at the end of november and i've got to carve out the time to do it and i think that's exactly it isn't it and it I've been writing it for the last year and it, I've been working with a book coach and she's been great. So I'm, again, I would say to people listening, always understand how best you work. And I work well when I've got someone to work with and we bounce ideas off and they set me homework and I go away and do it. Otherwise it won't happen. Yeah. I, I think you've mentioned coaching a couple of times. Yeah. Um, Joe, do you have a coach? Um, I took on a coach um, recently to help me with the pivot of the business and it was around the marketing and the messaging and all that kind of stuff because from a tech point of view and a planning point of view as an ex-project manager I had no trouble with that at all but the gap in my knowledge and my business was always around the marketing and the messaging piece um, so I had took on a coach for um, a six-month program just to help me work through some of these challenges because this pivot I've been going through in my business has been just taking so long because I couldn't quite get to grips with that, that what it should be and how it should be. Um, and, you know, in the first kind of two months, she has moved me from this kind of bewildered marketing haze <laughs> yeah. uh, you know i have a new website which will launch in the next week or so and okay. you know the new business structure is in place um and then i had no trouble with that but it's the marketing element of the business structure that I, it, it's it's like a blind spot and we all have those blind spots you know Rebecca you mentioned about spreadsheets it's yeah. not everybody has all of that knowledge um, and for me I found that it's been an amazing investment in my business you know it's a hefty investment but at the same time the progress I've made within those first couple of months has been worth every penny I've paid because she's taken me forward you know in such a way that I really wish I'd done this, you know, when I first started thinking about making this change, um, it, it's just been so beneficial. Like, you know, I don't know whether you'd agree in terms of, you know, you've talked about a book coach and a business coach, Rebecca, and, and whether you get that same sort of drive forward and, and guidance from your oh, coaches. Yeah, no, totally. And I, Met my uh, another thing I'd say is a coach like you've exactly said, Joe, can last six months. They could be with you three years, and there's you can switch in and out. And I work yeah. coach probably your third year into my business, and I remember thinking, oh, she wants you know, and she was a training, so I had some amazing free coaching for a while, and then we agreed that I would carry on and have monthly coaching with her. And I remember it was something like you know, 150 pounds for an hour, and I remember almost falling off my chair, but actually. <laughs> that value was um, amazing. You couldn't yeah. put a price on that feeling of having some support. I didn't have to keep talking to my husband or boring my friends with it. You know, you have someone external that has an amazing skill set. And I think you probably learned so much in those initial months. Yeah. And I've now been working with my current coach now for a year. And then I've just been awarded some government funded coaching to Oxford Innovation. And so I'm quite liking the fact that I've got more than one 
and because we work on different things and you get different input then yeah and, and yeah. I think what, what I found is that you the coach has helped me with a specific skill gap yes. you know which for me was marketing and and having that person who you know doesn't have a vested interest in my business um, isn't bored by it because they're my friends and they want to talk about holiday plans or something. You know, my husband is like, yeah, we're, we're out of work now. Let's just, that's great, love. Yeah, yes. you know. Uh, and, 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 but he's not a marketer either, so he can't answer the questions. So having that person with that specialist mm -hmm. knowledge that you can go, I've thought about this, and they go, hmm, okay. Right, let's let's move on, and, and and they give you some very sometimes stark advice. Yeah, no, and they have a confidence, don't they? And I think they're not going to sort of poo-poo around it. They're going to give it, yeah, be yeah. very straightforward. Too straight, but also they um because they have that specialist knowledge, they can take you on that you know, that sort of track and keep you on that track because it is so easy to kind of sort of, you know, uh, my sort of little habit was to have another marketing webinar that somebody was running, you know, and then there'd be an idea and then they'd be like, oh my God, should I do it that way? You know, rather than, you know, and what the coach has done is she's brought it straight on and said, right, what's the goal? Does that service the goal? No, right, bin that, this is how we're doing it and marketing it. And, and it's all the things you know, but if it's an area of blindside, you kind of, yeah, you just, you just want to listen to everybody and they, it takes away your clarity. And that is, I think, the key thing that I've got is that bounce back and the clarity about the, the direction and what it looks like. So as we're talking about coaching, training and that kind of thing, it's, made another question pop up for me mm. so um you take on a franchisee how much do you invest mm. time-wise and training-wise because obviously if, if I'm going to work as your franchisee let's say I'm going to work with you mm. I need to do things the way that Get Ahead VA does them presumably you have a an overall system that you want people to use or follow yeah yeah good point so if I take Emma for example so Emma launched with me a couple of weeks ago she's running these Midlands territory so she found me we had conversations she spoke to a number of my franchisees we agreed that yes we're going to go ahead so she came down to me in Guildford and we had two-day induction so within that induction I always offer a bespoke one so we look at the new um, starters skill sets and where they may have gaps so Emma for example had some online LinkedIn training with our LinkedIn trainer Judy which was great so that sort of set the scene of you know LinkedIn, particularly for us as a business, is our core social media yeah. platform. I need all my franchisees to be engaged with it, understand what they're doing and how to get their voice across. So that was important. And then we look at different structures and obviously every franchise has a manual. This blinking thing took me forever to write. It's a big old Bible. And I often laugh and say, I'm not sure the franchisee even looks at it again once they've had their induction, but they may do. But that covers everything from how to set up your own business sort of set up through to networking, client management, looking after members of the team. So we have like that. But I always say to franchisees, that's just our start of our journey. I'm afraid they've got me for life in the sense that, you know, I am there all the time. We have 
regular calls throughout the, their first couple of months of starting. And then we have very clear franchisee call once a month where all my franchisees are on that Zoom call. And that's amazing. So we're doing, we have a, a, a sort of an outlined agenda, but it's very much a safe space for everyone to say, has anyone experienced this? Or I'm finding these particular clients are working really well for us at the moment. So that's a lovely environment. And then I have a one-to-one with them individually as well. And as we're growing, I'm trying to sort of develop the sort of the northern southern regions, which we seem to be doing quite nicely, where we'll have a few more meetups and workshops and things. So mm. training is important and they are their own boss still. And I think that's really important. Yeah. To sort of get across always when I'm having conversations is they buy into a get ahead franchise. They've got the toolkit and the opportunities there, but I want them to, you know, they're their own person, aren't they? They have their personality. I want them to have that sense of, freedom and joe in south yorkshire says you know going to work sock where she runs a networking group it would, you know they're very close community they need to feel they can trust her she you know, she comes around there she talks their language it's fascinating i find each region really interesting is how they operate how many franchisees do you have now rebecca well i'm hoping joe that by the end of september to coincide with our 10th birthday i'll have 10 but with oh, fingers crossed, so I've got another three in the pipeline to be signing up. Over. And I've been really thrilled that I signed two up in lockdown and hadn't even met them. Yeah. I remember now my coach saying, you'll be absolutely fine, you know, when we were all going, oh, at the end of March. <laughs> and I said, but I have to meet them. And I, and actually, it's been fascinating. People have had a confidence, I think, with lockdown to think, why am I doing this job? Or they've been made redundant, which I've had in one case. And that whole reassessing. I think we're all doing that, aren't we? Sort of thinking, yeah. yeah. In my time on, why am I doing that? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to go? So it's been really refreshing. Yeah. So I've been really thrilled from us as a business and for our clients that yeah, we're progressing at the speed that we are. But I'm also not greedy. And I'm all about making sure that new franchisees fit personality-wise as much as anything. And with the same values that we have to our sort of family in inverted commas, because the last thing I want is someone that's overpowering that would just sort of come in and mow everyone else down. So that's quite an interesting one. Not everyone is the right fit and we're not the right fit for everyone either, so. Yeah, I think that's true of any kind of, in a training context, certainly not yes. lots of IT trainers out there because that's my thing, um, but I'm not the right one for everybody else um, mm. and somebody else might not be right for other people. So. You know, and I think um, I've always felt there's enough work out there for everybody. Oh, absolutely. It's having that confidence, isn't it? And again, I would say to people listening, you know, if you're just starting out, you will see that, that you don't have to take every client on board because they won't necessarily be right. And actually, you owe it to yourself to have a confidence and to them to say, sorry, I don't think I'm the right one here, rather than feeling you have to service every everyone. Yeah. yeah. It is so important, whether it's, sorry, whether it's, client or associate or yep. franchisee or you know that because you're working you have to trust each other so you have to have that fit don't you totally. and I, I think yeah. that's incredibly important in a working relationship totally totally so i was going to ask you mentioned before we came on on before we started to, to talk properly in the the, the, the warm-up bit that yep. your daughter's been doing your some of your social media for you so how does that work, working with, with a family member in your business? And are there any other family members in your business? Ooh, good question. <laughs> um, so, no, my daughter is 18. She's going to be doing a marketing degree. So about nine months ago, I said, look, I've got Instagram. It's building nicely. However, perhaps for your personal statement, as much as anything, it might be quite nice for you to sort of get on board with it. And I think I've identified quite early on that Instagram is a, 
is um, a platform that especially her age group is so in tune yeah. with. And it's been amazing. So she's really brought things like our Instagram stories alive because she's just on her phone finding things that are interesting. And we've had some really positive experience as a result of that. And I, I wanted to give her some real life experience. And I think she will continue to do that while she's at uni, which she's quite pleased about. But, uh, and then my husband is very much part of the business. He's a director. He has his own work that he does, but he's very much a sounding board for me. And he is very strong on spreadsheets. And the finance. he's pulled together, for example, our um, financial model that we talk through with um, potential franchisees. So I, I very quickly realized that that's his bag. And I'm, you know, I'm very open about that. That's where he, his strengths lie. But he's very passionate about growing this as a business. And he was very much part of it from the very beginning in terms of allowing me to reinvest money back into the business. And I'm fortunate enough not to have to be earning X amount from the word go because we saw this as playing the longer game, which is yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. My husband's an accountant, so uh, but it took, it took me years to outsource my bookkeeping to him because I was too proud. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, isn't it? And I've I've not shared my book, for example, with Martin yet. And he keeps saying, "I'd love to have a look at it." I was like, "Nope, I'd rather just show you the finished article." Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm in a similar position to you, Shelley. My husband is a tax accountant, so you, you know it's it's. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I had my first email about my tax return at the end of April. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, um, I, if I've got pricing questions or how do I, yeah. percentages, what should I do with this? We, we can have, it's really helpful. Mm. Yeah. We can have a chat about that. And I can say, well, I want to get this much from it. So how should I price that? And what have you? Or if the markup is this, what should that? yeah and it's just yeah. getting my head around around um i mean i can i can make the spreadsheet work that's not the problem it's the intellectual side of it that the what should it be yes. bit yeah that is helpful to have that sounding board for and it doesn't have to be your husband obviously it could be somebody else as we've said with with coaches i've had coaches ever since i started on and off um and yeah they are expensive but they're definitely valuable yes so yeah yeah, and it's really, really great that he's so part of the business as well, because you're not fighting about it. No, yes, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine scenarios where one will be doing this and one will be wanting that. So yes, no, that's, that, that's really kind. So if, if somebody wanted to be a franchisee, having heard this, and I actually, it's interesting, I was thinking just before, I came across um, Get Ahead VA because I used to go to the business network in London. Mm. Um, about four four years ago, three four years ago, before my back surgery, so 2017. So it would have been 2015, 2016, and I sat next to one of your staff, and I'm oh. very ashamed to say that her name has just completely gone. Oh, it would have been Karen, I think, probably. And I, I I honestly yeah. don't remember. Uh, yeah. And I think that's when I first got in touch with you because we sat next to each other at lunch, and oh. I was just launching Tomorrow's VA, and she was. Uh, get ahead VA she said oh you must talk to Rebecca um, and I think that's the first time I'd come across you so that's that's kind of networking is so important oh hugely and, I, and that I would say, again say to everyone listening I remember getting my knickers in a real twist you know, I've got to stand up and do a one minute elevator pitch what am I going to talk about and actually I then launched one of my clients was an all women networking group that no longer exists but she was launching in Guildford and she said look I want you to run it and it was the best thing I could have done 
because it got my sort of name out there and from a personal development point of view, I realized I yeah. can do it. And it's interesting is that you have to look back, I think sometimes and reflect and see how, how much you've grown in confidence over the years. And that's quite a useful yeah. exercise, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So how would um, somebody approach you to work with you if they decided mm. so they guess, to Yeah, the difference, and one thing I wanted to say for us is a, my franchisees manage a territory. So they're given a defined region and they aren't the doers. So I don't expect them to actually do the client work. They are finding clients and people that need support and then they're matching them to our sort of core team. We've got 40 freelancers that work for us and we're growing that on a monthly basis. But really the regional director, as we call them, are the ones that are servicing that territory, building those relationships and then matchmaking to the right member of our team, which is lovely. So it really allows them to play to their strengths and they, so they need to enjoy networking. We obviously give them training, but they need to have that sense of achievement and natural interest. And I think it's that whole piece around being very good at listening and being empathic and really gaining connections, which is so important. So that's really, really fascinating. Fascinating that you've got a core team of people that do, yes. plus the people that go out and get. Again, it's that whole matching and, and the, the doers are the ones that really, you know, they're, they're the core of our business, but they themselves don't necessarily want to go and promote themselves either. They obviously will do their own private work and various things. And again, it's all terminology, isn't it? I know a lot yeah. of VAs talk about associates. I've always talked very much about my core team. They get a guest head email address. They're very much part of the team, but they just, yeah, they're the experts in what they do, which is really exciting. That's really, really exciting. So there's there's two routes to work with you then. So people yes. could no, absolutely. So there's part of your team. Be part of the team. Or the yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fascinating. So listeners, if any of you do want to get in touch with Rebecca, all her contact details will be on the web page that goes with this episode of the podcast when it when it airs, which will be October or November time. I can't remember. Uh, I forgot to look at the spreadsheet just before we came on. I have a spreadsheet, of course, that tracks. Of course, Shelley. <laughs> Wouldn't expect anything less. Um, and basically, our episodes air strictly in the order that we record them. So we don't have any ulterior motive of who comes first, second, or third. It's just who's the next one on the list to be interviewed oh, that and, and that's it and and on that note if if you know anybody listeners who would like to be interviewed we're always open to more guests for our podcast too Rebecca that has been fascinating and I'm sure that listeners are going to find this a stunning episode I have thoroughly enjoyed myself oh, don't you having me on you two it's been great I sit here all day I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a great great chatting but I think we better let you go and um, we've, we're actually going to be doing another podcast interview today to add to our list so uh, we better go and prep for that <laughs> oh exciting oh well thanks so much for having me on and thank you take care all right take care bye Joe, wasn't that the most energizing interview with Rebecca there? Yeah, really, really energizing. It's it's really interesting, and we've said this time and again how different VA business models work and learning about her journey from you know that corporate world, being the mum at the gates, to you know, being a respected and um, successful business owner with almost 10 franchises and a team of 40 that work as her core team supporting her business. It's amazing, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, for me, there were two things that that's that stuck out for me. Number yeah. one was having a long term goal in mind. So knowing yeah. where Rebecca was quite clear that she wanted to grow something, even if she wasn't quite sure what the something was at the beginning. But she she set out on that journey. Um, in fact, there's three things. So that was number one. Number two was learning how to do everything herself which we've talked about before as being something important because then we can give clear instructions when we outsource things to others. So I think that was really, really crucial for me. And the third thing was having a coach uh, or a mentor along the way. And uh, I, something I've always done, I'm about to embark on another uh, period of coaching with, with another, another coach when she's back in September. Uh, be interesting because I'll be in the States and she'll be in the UK. So we'll have to, I'm sure we'll figure it out. But um, it's invaluable to get that second pair of eyes. Uh, and yeah. you've said it yourself. Um, so valuable to get that second pair of eyes who is not emotionally invested in your business. But they can be objective and they can keep you on track and accountable. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, what I have found is that they cut through all of that woolly thinking that you have when you're totally invested in your business and they just cut to the quick sometimes and say so what's that about yeah and you, and you just sit there and think exactly what is that about how is that part of my goal you know and it, how do I get over that challenge or that lack of knowledge or that skill? And, you know, I, I've done some mentoring in the past. Um, I did some um, training and mentoring with Amanda Johnson way back in my startup kind of mode. Um, and this coach this time is a very sort of, I would hate to say niche, but she is addressing a certain yeah. skill deficiency that I have and it is worth every penny of the investment I've made. Yeah, I, I started out when I first went freelance, I invested in working with a business coach. We had three or four sessions just to define what the model looked like. I, at the time it was the training surgery, I had a clear idea of what I wanted it to do and we worked through how to build that up. Later on, I worked with another coach to flesh out a business plan. So this was somebody who was really good. That was what they did. They helped you put together a business plan. I've also worked with another coach on marketing early on. And along the way, I've had different coaches. I worked with Sharon Gaskin of the Trainers Training Company for about six months, one-to-one -one on building my training business up. And I think it's invaluable. And I've had some coaching with Jeanette Tessier, who is Get That Course Online. So just helping me with some of the fluff and guff that goes around building online courses, because um, it's very tempting to throw everything into a course, but that doesn't help the person taking the course get what they want done. So there's no point in my eyes of adding stuff that you don't need at this point in time because yep. you've come to take my course because you've got an issue you want to solve or something you need to be able to create so my i get i've talked in the intro that i've been creating my fillable forms course and i got very excited and went off down many many rabbit holes before i brought myself back and i thought actually that yes it's good to know but it doesn't actually fit with the aim of being able to create a fillable course yeah. fillable form so having somebody else out there to say hang on a minute 
does this match your goal and if it does it serve your goal and if it doesn't bin it is so so useful yeah yeah and we we talked there about um yes being good at excel no being good at excel outsourcing bookkeeping not outsourcing bookkeeping having people around you that are, are good at what they do and i wanted to talk a bit about excel today um as my tip um we were just talking about it in the lead up before we hit the record button so recently actually it's not so recent but it's sprung to mind this morning um, if you have the mobile app on your phone for Excel, then when you hit, you start a blank workbook and you look at the tab selector at the bottom of your phone and you may see this icon straight away. You may need to click the three dots to see more options, but you'll find an icon there, which is a data sheet with a little photo with a camera on it. And when you do press that little camera data sheet icon, you can take a photograph of something. So let's say you've got a receipt for, I know you've been out meeting somebody, you've got a receipt from the coffee shop. You can photograph that directly into Excel and it imports it into the spreadsheet that you start from. And it's quite accurate. It brings whatever it sees in. You may need to approve or ignore certain cells because it wants to bring everything in. So be careful what you're photographing, but it's a shortcut process to getting data into Excel. And then you can save it in the normal way. If you're using Excel on your phone, then obviously you're a Microsoft 365 user using Excel as part of that. You can save it to your OneDrive, you can save it to a SharePoint site, you can save it to your Teams site. Um, I just tested it out and saved something into our podcast team, which was brilliant. And it also reminded me that there is a scanner, photograph, whiteboard, capture, for want of a better word, in OneDrive. So if you open OneDrive on your phone, let's say you're at an unusual thing, a training event, uh, and your trainer puts a flip chart up or a whiteboard up that you want to capture, you can do that within OneDrive. So you open your OneDrive app, go into the files section, and then you will find there's a scanner button. It looks like a photograph. It looks like a camera, not photograph, a camera. When you click that or tap it rather, it will offer you the choice of scanning, capturing a document or capturing a whiteboard or a business card. You can even scan your business cards in, straight into OneDrive. Um, you tap the button, it takes a picture and it saves it and you choose where you want to put them. So you might create a folder that you always put your stuff on the go in because you're doing it on the go. So you would always save it to that folder. And then when you're back at your desk and you're on your laptop, desktop, whatever, you can reorganize things. But it, it takes that step out of how do I get that information into my system? So are you going to be trying those out, Joe? Oh, yes. <laughs> always, always, always a, a new little... Um gizmo to, to practice with i have to say that um with my receipts i um scan them directly into my accounts package from my phone um you know and then upload directly into there because then the management of it is all done within yeah. that package yeah. um but i love the idea of being able to you know be at an event and, and scan a whiteboard or take a picture of a flip chart or something because it's always very difficult you, if you take a um a photo with your camera 
on your phone, it then goes into the gallery. You might not remember where it is, it might not be named, but if it goes straight into your OneDrive, you can give it a, a, a logical name and it's easy to find then in your documents. Absolutely, absolutely. And also because it's, it's, it's gives you the option of whiteboard, it also sets the settings on the camera to capture a whiteboard. So you don't get the glare that you often get. If you, I know yeah. I've taken photos of whiteboards at events um, and you get this kind of sheen or glare on the camera. Um, yeah. And because this is more of a kind of scan, it, it, it makes, makes it better. But you're totally right. I mean, if you have an app that allows you to scan directly into it, your accounts package, then obviously that's going to be the way to go. But if you're one of those, you're just starting out and you're not using something like that yet, and you're mm -hmm. still looking after all your stuff in Excel, which a lot of people do, yeah. and there's you know absolutely nothing nothing wrong with that then definitely have a go at scanning stuff directly into excel from your phone so i think we've exhausted our listeners this week joe we've we've been very very busy today yeah absolutely lots of um great tips from rebecca and then the the excel stuff from you excellent yeah and listeners if uh, as ever please hop over and rate us on itunes it's really great to get those ratings it does help other listeners find us and we also love to hear from you so please do give us some feedback whether that's on linkedin or whether that's on our facebook page at virtually amazing we'd love to know what you think of the podcast and who would you like us to interview next or would you like to be a guest? We're always open to suggestions. And with that, I'm gonna leave you with just one more thing. If you want to get hold of my Excel courses uh, and shameless plug going on here, um, you can get that from my course directory, which is coursedirectory.tomorrowsva.com or you can get there by the website. And I'm looking forward to seeing Joe's new website very shortly when it launches. Although by the time this episode airs, it will have launched. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're at the back end of August, so um, definitely by the first week in September, it's good to go. All right, so we'll be able to go over and see. So is it the same, going to be the same web address, Joe? No, um, complete new business name, new web address. Okay. Um, it's, it's everything. So um, when we, we put the pages together for this podcast, um, for the website, all the new details will be up on there then brilliant brilliant looking forward to seeing it very much okay listeners i think that's it for this week thank you for listening as ever and we'll talk to you soon you've been listening to virtually amazing the podcast for virtual assistants with shelly fischel and joe brianti we look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode which is coming very soon